Well, this morning I want to talk about our gospel reading, but first I want to make a, a comment about the crisis in Ukraine. Like all of you, I'm reading the news every day about what's occurring, and like all of you, I'm deeply concerned at the violence and the humanitarian crisis that is unfolding as over one and a half million refugees are leaving the Ukraine. As I think you know, the clergy of St. George's, we gather every morning to read scripture and to pray together, and we are lifting this up in prayer. And we'll be looking for ways that we might be able to help as a church in the weeks and months and honestly years ahead. But I do want to commend to you prayer, and I know that most of you are, are already praying uh, for the Ukraine, but prayer is a great gift given to us. And so I do encourage you every day to be lifting this crisis up in prayer, uh, to be praying to the God uh, who is named in our psalm as our refuge and our stronghold. So I encourage you to pray. So let us now turn to our gospel reading. And I want to start uh, by reminding us that there was a time in the life of the church, early, early on in the life of the church, when we were called people of the way. It's actually before we were called Christians. One of the earliest labels or terms for, for us was people of the way. Jesus, on his last night with his disciples, he said to them, I am the way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so his disciples were known as those people who followed this one who is the way. And it's helpful, I think, for us to remember that that's, that's a um, name for us, people of the way, because it reminds us that as Christians, we are not merely meant to remember a list of doctrines, not merely meant to master some teachings, but rather we are to develop certain skills, certain habits of the mind and of the heart that keep us on the way. There's a certain way that we are called to live. Now, on this first Sunday in Lent, our gospel reading comes from the gospel of Luke, and we're given the story of Jesus being tempted in the wilderness by the devil. And in this story, we learn about this way, this way that we're called to live, we learn about the way of Jesus. And we're told three things about this way. And I want to look at each one of these this morning. First, we learn that following this way means that we do not live on bread alone. That's the first marker of the way. Second thing we learn is that on this way, we only worship God. We only serve Him. And then thirdly, we learn about this way that as we walk the way, we do not test the Lord our God. So let's examine and reflect on each one of these and just see how they affect our lives and how they might direct us in our attempt to walk this way. Now, a little context about our, our passage Jesus names these three aspects of the way, as we said, when he's in the wilderness being tested by the devil. 
Luke begins our passage this way. This is the first sentence we, we heard. After his baptism, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. So a few things to see uh, that were told in that first sentence. Uh, this encounter, it happens right after his baptism, right after that great affirmation that he received from God the Father, when God the Father names him as his beloved son. Also, we are told that he is led by the Spirit into this place. You know, this is not a uh, accident or a wrong turn that Jesus makes. The Spirit leads him to this place. And then lastly, we're told that this testing, it happens in the wilderness. In the wilderness here, we can understand this as more than just a physical wilderness. It's also a, a spiritual wilderness. I don't know if you've ever been to an actual physical wilderness, uh, but all of us know what the wilderness is like, right? The wilderness, it's a place where you feel vulnerable, a place where your need is so present to you. It's waking up uh, in a hospital bed in the middle of the night, scared to death of the procedure that, that's going to happen in the next morning. It's getting a call from your son or daughter or grandchild uh, and hearing that things are not going well with them. It's a time when a friend or someone you thought was a friend uh, double crosses you. It's a time when someone you love deeply dies and there is nothing you can do. These are times of wilderness because just like a physical wilderness, they remind us of how weak and needy and how frail we truly are. And so Jesus here, today, he is led into this wilderness and he is tempted just as we are tempted during the times that we find ourselves in the wilderness. So the first temptation, Jesus is hungry. He's very hungry. He has been fasting, deliberately not eating. And the devil says to him, if you're really the, the son of God, why don't you take this stone right here, turn it into bread, and eat it. Have some, some food. I imagine this temptation being an internal temptation, a voice in his head. If you're really the son of God, just turn this stone into bread. But Jesus responds, it is written, you shall not live by bread alone. Now, what does this mean for us? I mean, it's not bad, of course, to eat bread. But what does it mean that we do not live on bread alone? And why does he respond with that phrase? You know, when God created us, he created us as dependent creatures, as needy creatures, as hungry creatures. It's quite interesting. He didn't have to create us this way, but he did. 
God made us dependent on food and water, on air, and a lot of other things. He created us, and in our creation, he gives us all the things that we need. So he makes us hungry, but he immediately gives us the food to satisfy our hunger. And he does this so that these gifts, these gifts that we are constantly receiving, so that these gifts can bring us into communion with him. All this stuff of the world, it is a, a sign and a seal of God's presence and goodness, that he really is there sustaining us, with us in our lives, so that the food and, and the good things of life, they become for us an invitation to taste how good God truly is. And yet the temptation for us, and we all face this, it's the temptation to take these things, these things we need, these gifts from God, and to receive these gifts apart from Him. To receive the gifts without any regard to the giver. In the garden, in the beginning, that, that opening story of Scripture, uh, the devil says to Adam and Eve, he says, look, look at this fruit. This fruit was different because it was the one fruit not given to them. It's not gift. And the devil says, eat this fruit and you'll become like God. And so they ate it. They ate something not as gift. And for the first time, they ate not in communion with God, but in competition with God. And we call that act the fall, the first sin. And so the temptation we always face in our lives is the temptation to reduce our needs to food and material things, to reduce ourselves to consumers, to be driven to fill our lives with the stuff of this world apart from God. That's the temptation. And so Lent, the season that we've just begun, it says to us, give something up. Right? Just as Jesus gave something up, he was fasting. Lent says, give something up. You say your joy is ultimately found in God, that, that God is your true source of security. Well, then test yourself because we are easily deceived. We're called to test ourselves, just as Jesus was testing himself in the wilderness. Barbara Brown Taylor, an Episcopal priest, she says this, she says, I'm convinced that 99% of us are addicted to something, whether it's eating, blaming, shopping, taking care of other people. She says the simplest definition of addiction is anything we use to fill the empty place inside of us that belongs to God. We need to continually remind ourselves that we do not live on bread alone. Because the truth is, there will come a time when the stuff of this world by itself will not satisfy. Because we were meant for much more 
than the stuff of this world. We were meant for communion with God. We do not live by bread alone. That's the first characteristic of the way that we follow. Now, after Jesus says this, he gives us the second characteristic of the way. What we're told is the devil takes him to this high mountain. And in an instant, the devil shows him all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil says to him, you see all these kingdoms here. You can reign over them. You can be in control. You can be king if you bow down and worship me. And Jesus responds by saying, worship the Lord your God and serve him. Follow him. Now, I think what's important to see here is that what the devil is offering Jesus when he offers the kingdoms of the world, what this offer is, is actually exactly what Jesus has come to accomplish in the world. Jesus has come into the world to reclaim the kingdoms, all the kingdoms of the world, and to give them back to his Father. And so the devil says that you can do this. You can achieve this goal. You can have it if you bow down to me. And so the temptation here is to use evil in order to achieve a good thing. The ends justifying the means. That's the temptation. And we all face that temptation. I mean, all of us, every one of us, I think, want good things for our families. We want good things for our church. We want good things for our community. We, we don't struggle there. What we struggle with is how we make those good things happen. Our temptation is not to love our enemy, but to push them aside. Our temptation is to serve evil in the name of good. But not Jesus. He never does this. I mean, think about Jesus. Why would Jesus stand at the door of the heart and knock when he has the power to kick the door down? But he does stand and he knocks. We cannot use evil for good. We are called to follow God and to follow his ways only. So on this way that we travel as Christians, we do not live by bread alone. Second, we worship God and we follow His ways. We don't serve evil in the name of the good. And then lastly, Jesus says that we are not to test the Lord our God. You know, in the wilderness, in those times of, of suffering, one of the things that we so badly want uh, are miracles. During this, these wilderness times we go through, we want miracles. And we want these miracles not just to um, razzle-dazzle us, but we want miracles in these times as evidence that we are not alone, that God is actually at work in the world and at work in our lives, because often we don't seem to see Him. It's not bad to want a miracle, 
We all do. And they are wonderful when they happen. And they do happen. But Jesus says that we cannot expect them or need them. That this way of his, this way that we follow, is a way of faith and a way of trusting. I mean, the truth is we want, we want Jesus to jump off the temple and be caught by angels. That would be amazing to see because it would boost our faith. And in a sense, Jesus wants this too. And put yourself in his shoes. Just before this, 40 days before, God has affirmed Jesus as his beloved son. But wouldn't it be nice to get another affirmation? To have the angels catch him? Then he would know for sure. And yet Jesus says, you do not test the Lord your God. And what that means is that we are called to live in the confidence that God is faithful. In every relationship we're involved in, there's some degree of faith and trust required in the other person. And Jesus says, in your relationship with God, you are to trust, trust him, just as Jesus trusted his Father. And so he says, do not test the Lord your God. Have faith in him, trust him. We began the season of Lent on Wednesday. And this season is a season during which we are reminded of the way of Jesus. And it is a season during which we are called to resolve, uh, to, re to renew our commitment to this way, to, to really focus on this way. Because we can either wander or make progress on this way. And so today we remember that as we follow Jesus, as we follow the way of God, as we follow the way of life itself, we remember that we do not live by bread alone. We remember that we only worship God and serve His ways. And we remember that we do not test the Lord our God. Amen.